these things that we're talking about in this series are those mile markers on the route. And you have to figure out where you're on ramping with the person that you're talking about. Are you on ramping in a place that you should start with the resurrection and say, well, what if it is true? Are you on ramping in a place where this person is a naturalist and you got to start with the Kalam cosmological argument? I think just listening and paying attention, recognizing what your conversational partner is experiencing and where they are in that moment that you're talking to them and then being prepared being able to articulate welcome back to study with friends a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the bible in church and in the broader christian faith I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our discussion on apologetics and expanding our evangelism toolkit with help from Holly's book, Searching for God. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn about the guests in the series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. Now let's begin today's study. So picking up on... The importance of the resurrection. We heard from Sophia and Lane. Why do you think the resurrection matters? Uh, I was crazy writing notes over here. So for me, it's the crux of my faith because I came to faith as an adult and it, the story needed to make sense in order for me to believe. So I believe part of this generation, which I think it's funny, these two growing up in this generation of truth seekers, right? Like the idea of faith isn't just easy anymore. Like I remember hearing people, well, you just have faith. You just have faith. My husband's grandfather, who he grew up with, my husband would sort of attack him because I would attack my husband on faith. And he would go back to his grandfather and be like, why do you believe in this nonsense? And he would say, you just have faith. Mm. And he just had such a very simple way of just saying, you just have faith. I was not satisfied with that. Mm. And so for me, I, I needed to find this truth. I needed to dig into it and find this truth. And yet I know people who can find the truth and still go, nope. So there is this component of faith in it, right? Like Mm -hmm. there still has to Mm -hmm. be, because I wasn't there. I didn't see the empty tomb. As important as it is to me, I think faith is equally important, right? After I've gotten all the facts, I think faith is equally important. But I do really appreciate the time of year of Easter where we remember it. Because I want to say I don't think we emphasize it enough, and I don't want to bash any churches we go to or anything like that, but it is a massive thing in our faith, right? Without it, I totally appreciate the idea of just playing it out. If this is true, does all of this make sense? And I would very clearly say yes. Mm -hmm. Without it, so much of it doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense, right? There's so many rules that we're just trying to follow and trying to be good people. Well, isn't it just nice that Christians go out and be nice people? Well, no, because if they're just nice people, then they're missing the crux of why they're being the people they're being. They're missing the man who is the epitome of all that we're attempting to be, right? This loving, sinless person. So I do think that the resurrection is the crux of our faith. I think it is the most important thing that we can have in order to stay grounded and rooted in our faith. Mm -hmm. Because without it, it can be easy to go, well, I can't follow those rules anymore. So I just can't do it. But if we know the resurrection is true and it's real, then we know that Jesus was this real person who asked us to do really big things. And then we can go, well, I might not be able to achieve it. And I know I'm not this sinless person. And yet I love the person who did it. And so my desire is to do that. Well, and because of the resurrection, I'm able to do it. That's true too. Yeah, that's key. Yep. Because by his payment, right. I have the ability to right. access grace yep. and... I can 
be changed by the Holy Spirit who lives in me because we can't do it on our own. And as much as we'd love to follow the example, we can't. We're going to always fail. And it's true that other faiths have prophets who people follow. So if it were just enough to see a good role model and do what that person does, then, I mean, I could start a religion right now. You could say, okay, here's whoever as a role model and let's follow that person and that's our religion. The uniqueness of Christianity is that Jesus paid a price on the cross and the resurrection is key, but so is the cross. The pay, the price was paid for all of the things that we ever have or ever would do wrong, which we continue to do. Like there's, it's not like just a, a an instant fix. We still make make a lot of mistakes, but but God's working that out in us. And the fancy word for that is sanctification. And the fancy word for what Jesus did on the cross is justification. These are Christianese words. Not re- we're not recommended to be used with seekers and skeptics because it's just buzzwords. Yeah. They make sense to us, but you know, don't do that. You know, with with people who it's again like don't start inside the faith with people who aren't in there with you. I did. I said an analogy um, a few episodes ago about um, if I wanted to be a welcoming person in my neighborhood and I wanted to invite people into my house, I wouldn't stand inside my house with all the windows and doors shut and scream to people as they walked by on the sidewalk, come into my house. I would go out to where they were and invite them into my house. And that's what we're doing. That's kind of what Jesus did too, right? Yes, girl. (laughs) And that's what we're called to do as his disciples is to live in the world and reach and make disciples. But the way that we do it has to be practical. How much fruit am I going to get if I just stand in my house screaming I would like you to come in like people are going to think you're crazy and there's something to be said about that if we start within the faith so we can't use things like justification sanctification we can't even really use a lot of bible verses because they just don't believe in them they're not in the house yet that's like reminds me of this kind of has nothing to do with this topic but like it just kind of reminds me of like the like the idea that like we can't hold non-christians to biblical standards and how like that's kind of like well you can't do that but why because they can you know that's like yeah that's a that's an ethics conversation (laughs) this is reminding me um so i have a friend at school and she's not a christian but she's been like coming with me to church and like She's been coming to like my small group and like we talk about this all the time. And I think that um, one of the reasons that she was interested in like my faith is because we would have these like broader like philosophical or moral conversations. And when she would come to a conclusion about something, I would be like, that's actually in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So like that is when I would use like that's when I would like actually like use like a verse. I'd be like, yeah, that's actually interesting that like you came to that conclusion because like this is actually like that's perfect what the Bible says. Yeah. Like yeah, because but she made her way. Yeah, well, you weren't muscling her yeah. in there, and you know you're you know the worst example is you know people who stand with bullhorns and scream at people. That's mm-hmm. they're trying to muscle. But we can fall victim to that. Don't yeah. don't don't put that at yeah. arm's length. We can fall victim yeah, to exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, like. It's hard not to hold people to biblical standards when we are holding ourselves to biblical standards. Yeah, when we know the biblical standard is the truth. Yeah, Yeah. Um, that's really good. And I think that's a great real-world example of how with time, prayer, and the work of the Holy Spirit, 
people make their way. Mm-hmm. And we are just, our, our purpose is just to shepherd them along the way and prayerfully um, nudge them. I think it's also a testament to the, like, the fact that this is what makes sense. Like, yeah. the fact that your friend and others are coming to the conclusion t- by themselves, like, this is what makes sense. It's the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go back to, um, by taking the resurrection and starting back at the beginning of the Searching for God series and then sort of tying it all together, um, I wanted to gently tiptoe in (laughs) to something you said because I don't want to hurt people's feelings I get that a lot of people are comfortable with the phrase you just have to have faith Mm -hmm. tell me how that was damaging to your journey uh oh now as a longtime believer I'm like sometimes you just have to have faith uh so so it's really hard for me to say that it was damaging because I it's hard to look back to me I thought when I first heard it I thought it was cheap Mm. right it's a cheap cop-out well okay you just have to have faith I mean you just have to fake it you have to just believe it because other people believe it you have to understand it because your whole family does right so it was it just felt cheap Mm. which Sounds shallow like is shallow a word? like you wanted something deeper something yeah. you could yeah sink, sink your teeth, teeth into sure absolutely mm-hmm. I mean and now I f- I genuinely believe a lot of people are coming to that point you know we're we're in a time now where people are falling away from the faith way too often which is scary in a way um because they're trying to sink their teeth into something that they can't that, that they feel like, well, I just had faith for a million years, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that was dumb. Why did I have faith for so many years? And so they can't, they, they don't have the That's exactly the what I'm footing. going for. That it's, that it's potentially damaging. Yeah. If we as a church don't do the work we're doing right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and say to each other, why do we believe what we believe? What are the most important parts? So what you said earlier, like I hadn't really thought about the resurrection being so clutch until I had to teach it or, or, you know, what? Cause I said clutch. <laughs> <laughs> clutch. So important. That was making me think about like, so, cause the Bible does talk about having faith and how that's like really important. Like Jesus says that like, like whatever, like faith is small, the most received move mountains. But, and like Paul also like, he is like arguably the person that said that faith is a substance things so before. Like he says like, that's like really important. But then he also wrote Romans, which is like, <laughs> a, like a very like, it's like a work of genius of his like developing the Christian like argument. Mm-hmm. Like he was very like methodical about it. Like he wasn't, he didn't stop there. Like he had, he said, you do need faith because you need to believe because you haven't seen these things. Yeah. But he still had reasons. Yes. Like it's not, that's the yeah. difference. Yes. Like blind faith is not yeah. the same that's thing. That's right. As faith. The intersection like, of yeah. faith and reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And scripture Sorry. follows that <laughs> up. So even yeah. when we go back to the Psalms, I know Psalm 1 was one I memorized, and it said, be like a tree. I'm going to flub it, so I apologize. And someone please go back and read it <laughs> that's, that's watching the podcast. But essentially, you want to be like a tree right by the river, mm-hmm. right? Like your roots need to be planted right by the river, which is 
his word, who he is, right, and in prayer with him. So, so faith is equally as important as understanding this deep rooted. Mm-hmm. So you're right that he he was in both places. Yeah, he understood that we need to fully have faith, and we also need to fully understand what's yeah. true. Because you need faith, because like as seen in like in throughout the Bible, is that there are things that like we can't know Mm -hmm. and it's just like not even like in a sense where it's like it's impossible to prove it but it's more like sometimes bad things just happen like Mm -hmm. and there's not like a reason and that's when you have to have faith that like god like works everything together and that like his perspective and his plan is bigger like that's where for me i feel like that's what faith is is more of that like trust in god's like plan not necessarily like a blind faith that like these things that he's saying are true yeah like i feel like we need the like the groundwork of information like actual like arguments Mm -hmm. to be able to be like okay in this situation i just need to have faith like it's like when it talks about like when the storms come like we're rooted Mm -hmm. and that's why we can withstand them and like if we like and that's i think like what you were getting at is like maybe like when you were just told like you should have faith you weren't rooted and that's why it was like hard to like accept that because that doesn't make sense it's like okay it's like faith in what yeah Yeah. exactly it's like you're not so yes like we need to have faith is an appropriate thing to say because it's true but it's also like if i just heard that for the first time i'd be like in what like what are you talking Mm -hmm. about that's what doesn't make sense I think it's um, what we said, the intersection of faith and reason. I think I think we do ourselves, and by the way, faith shows up everywhere. You guys are calling out a few places, but it shows up everywhere. But so does reason. Mm-hmm. And I think we do, and I think it's a great like expression, the intersection of faith and reason, or the expression that people have said, which is thinkers do believe and believers do think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that these things aren't mutually exclusive. And... I do, I, in my opinion, we do a disservice in the church if we don't do the work of keeping that seesaw balanced. Yeah, I think, like, that's also something that, like, I've, like, noticed is, like, some of, like, I feel like the smartest people I know are my professors, and, like, if this so smart scientist can believe it, then it's, like, it is, like, he has reason. I know he does. Like, yeah. you know, but he also has the faith. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, yep. An example. Yeah. We just had an event at um school, like with the group and like the pastor from my church did it. He has a PhD in math. It's just called, we did it. It's called where is God? And he like showed, he just did like a lecture on like where God shows up in like, um, suffering and like in science. That's what I think it was. Mm-hmm. And again, like he was like, I am like very like, like, and he came out with, like, scientific reasons for a lot of things. And, like, that there is just, like, because, again, like, he's, like, a really, like, really smart guy. <laughs> and it's just, like, again, like, if they, and then I just think even back to, like, old, like, scientists. Mm-hmm. Like, the fathers of sci- modern yeah. science. I'm like, like, wasn't like, Isaac Newton a Christian? Yes. Like, and, like, so was Kepler and Galileo. Like, oh, all of them yeah. were. Like, like literally, and, like, science was, like, literally the basis for, like, modern faith. Well, faith was the basis for modern, sci- modern science, sorry, because that was, like, the reason that they 
decided to study things mm-hmm. was because they believed it was like given to us by and God. to understand God better. Yeah, and yeah. like that's why it like all just like comes together with like the reason and the faith. Like there are like God has. I mean, like it says again in Romans that like God has made Himself evident. Mm-hmm. To people. We're gonna like, read that in just a minute. There's not. That's why. Yeah. Like that's why like it makes me mad when like the like the argument is like, well. I believe in science. So do I. Yeah, I, I know. Like, 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 <laughs> we all do. Yes. Like, uh, science like, is God speaking. Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, my professor like said something like, and I think this is like a. I think this. I don't think he said this, but um, <laughs> like he, somebody definitely said this first. But he was like, the contradiction doesn't come with like the Bible and science. The contradiction comes with like understanding, like people's understanding of science and people's understanding of the bible yeah mm-hmm. so that's what it's like mm. you know develop that idea a little bit i think maybe are you saying that people think there's a conflict because they don't understand one or the other yes mm-hmm. as well as they should yes. yeah. or if they did they would see that it complements e- um paul little uh which he wrote, you can see it right on my bookshelf. He, yeah. he wrote, Know Why You Believe. It's one of my favorite books. Oh, I say this yeah. all the time. I buy it in packs of yeah. 10. I give it away. And by the way, that's a valid apologetics tool. Just giving people Just a give book. people a book. Like, that's okay. You don't want to, like, brush them off by giving them a book. Well, uh, that's great that you're asking about this. Read this book. But it's a, uh, it's a compliment to the relational elements of you being involved in their discipleship and stewardship. But... Um, I mostly give that book to Christians who are like, I have a lot of questions. I don't understand. I'm like, start here because I can't be, I, I don't have all the answers. And, um, you know, this guy did it better. So it's it's a, it's, it's easy for me. But one of the things he says is um, scientists, and I'm, re- for, to, to borrow from you, I'm rephrasing, I'm sure I'm flubbing it. But he basically says scientists spend their lives climbing the mountain of investigation and observation and measurement and uh, research, and they get to the top of the mountain and they find God there. Yeah. And, and, and it's true. Like the more you look at any science, math, the more you see order. And when you see order, you have to acknowledge that somebody put that order in place. So we're going a little left um of the resurrection but i think it's all good stuff and important for us to kind of think through um and it is a good segue for me to um is there more we want to say about the resurrection i don't think so yeah it's important um and just to to put a um a good um period at the end of the resurrection conversation period um we said it but it's worth saying again if the resurrection is true what does that mean and yes a mustard seed right just a mustard seed of faith for you to entertain the idea that the resurrection might be true just go with me is a way you could introduce that in a conversation like just just for a second what if it were true? What would that mean? It means that Jesus is divine. He's certainly powerful. Not human. 
or else we'd all be raising ourselves at will, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so certainly it makes them special, and you can develop that. And what we did a moment ago, which was to say, if he, if he, if the resurrection is true, it proves everything that he said. And if everything he said is true, then he is indeed God. And the God of the Bible is the one God. And the Old Testament is true. And all of it is true. So if the resurrection is true, then all of it is true. It changes. Nabil Qureshi says it on the video. And he's passed away since the video. But he said it plainly. If the resurrection is true, it changes everything. Everything. About how we think about the world if we hadn't considered that before. And so I think you can't, um, you can't overstate the importance of the resurrection. And it's, a, it's a, a really key component for us to keep top of mind when we talk about seekers and skeptics. And it is a pathway into a discipleship conversation or a stewardship of their experience into the truth of the gospel. And I love that you called that out right at the beginning of, of our time together because depending on, and we've said this all along in this whole series, that you have to listen and see where somebody is so that you know where your starting point is. But you also have to have the roadmap. As a Christian, God calls us, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you. And do it with gentleness and kindness and love. But be prepared. And so I, I do feel pretty strongly about the command that people who sit in the pews be prepared to have these conversations. And preparation, it's like getting ready for a trip. You're going to have a map. you got to have a map. Whether it's on your phone or in your car or on a piece of paper. Um Maps on a piece of paper. Um, you have to have a you have to have a route in your head, or else you're gonna get lost. And th these things that we're talking about in this series are those those mile markers on the route. And you have to figure out where you you're on ramping with the person that you're talking about. Are you on ramping in a place that you should start with the resurrection and say, well, what if it is true? Are you on ramping in a place where you're, this person is a naturalist? And we'll talk about that. And you got to start with the Kalam cosmological argument, which I know you love. Uh, we'll talk about that. So I think just listening and paying attention, um, recognizing what your conversational partner is experiencing and where they are in that moment that you're talking to them and then being prepared, being able to articulate again, not having, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to have a few key points that you can speak into to just let them walk away with a little bit of like, huh? Right? Like I, I think we often see these people on like videos with street evangelism who are like, then someone believed in the gospel immediately. And I love that. We all love it. But to a certain degree, it's a little unrealistic. First of all, most of us are talking to seekers and skeptics who we're already in relationship with. So there's a little bit of fear about like approaching this where you don't really have that fear if you're talking to a stranger, you just bump into on the street. There's a lot of reasons that street evangelism gives us the wrong idea about how to deliver the gospel. It's great. Again, don't get me wrong. But... It's good to be prepared with these mile markers, these, these um, I don't know, 
a few, maybe four or five things that you can hold on to that you say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for a conversation that comes from several different angles. I can, I can, I have some, some, something I can drop into that conversation. This program is produced by Study with Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.